Big plans are being proposed for the redevelopment of Portage Place. Those details were unveiled on Friday. And Friday morning, Richard Cloutier joined us for a sneak preview. Also today, a Brandon grandmother wants LGBTQ plus books removed from schools. Should school boards have the right, the ability to ban books? And with Mother's Day just around the corner, we had a lot of fun asking you, who is your favorite on-screen mom? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, May 12th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have a question for Sarah McCarthy in a moment. But before that, we do have to begin the day by mentioning it is an important day. Grace Hospital Day, and today is the Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon. All sorts of things happening happening in conjunction with both of those events. The Grace Hospital celebrating their now second Grace Hospital Day. We will have Radiothon for you right here on 680 CJOB starting at 9 a.m. We'll have a couple of segments to get you set up and let you know what we have planned for the day as Grace Hospital Foundation aims to raise $250,000 today. And I don't have to tell you that it's only because of you that they are going to hit their goal. And we're going to tell you all sorts of stories about what Grace Hospital does in our community, how they do it now, and how they'd like to do it in the future, Brett. And we say thank you to Food Fair as the title sponsor. To make a donation, you can go to gracehospitalfoundation.ca or you can phone, starting at 8.30, you can phone 204-940-1780. That's 204-940-1780 or toll-free at 1-866-537-0028. And you can text the word GRACE to 30333. That's 30333 to make a $10 gift on your phone bill. And we'll have much to discuss on that front through the morning and through the day on 680 CJOB. But Loren, we got a question for Sarah. Well, it's, a, it's one that I think many people might be asking themselves this morning as we talk about a massive, truly exciting redevelopment of Portage Place Mall. We threw at Sarah this morning, when was the last time you were at Portage Place Mall? And I said, I am 24 years old, and the last time I was in Portage Place Mall was probably when I was in grade six. And what brought see, you there? To see the, a movie at the IMAX with my grade six class. Right. On a class so, trip. So, yeah, it's been your, a while. Half your lifetime ago yeah. when you were 12 or 13. Yeah. And yeah. a class trip from northwestern Ontario. Yeah, the IMAX was a big deal. So, I, and I suggested that perhaps <laughs> Sarah's answer might not be much different than people who live a mile, two miles, three, four, five miles from Portage Place. The last time and the last thing that might have taken them to that mall might have been the IMAX theater. What movie was it? Do you remember? It was something educational. Oh. <laughs> it was something. It was something. It had an impact. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it, it was, was a genuine. Like, it was a genuine IMAX movie then, probably. Yeah, it, it was something like full screen. Yes, it was something like I want to say like dolphins, marine. They did ah, a bunch like boy. underwater stuff. So it was something along those lines. The only IMAX film I think I've ever seen is at Portage Place. And it was something to do with mountains, you mm-hmm. know, where they come over the cliff and you're supposed to feel like you're in the helicopter and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But but there hasn't been much to draw you to Portage Place, I think, maybe until what we're seeing now. And this looks like it's happening. I've, it's all over cjob.com. You can check out uh, the renderings. I will get more details at 7 o'clock with Richard Cluche. More details still at 9.30 at the official announcement. But this is not a proposal, as far as I can tell. This is actually something that's on the drawing board. They're talking about starting construction this year. We're not going to have this rigmarole of going back and forth between the federal government and developers, the city and developers, the city and the province, the province and the feds. This is a deal that's on the table. They're going to sign this deal. And by all accounts, they're ready to roll. And guess what? It does include 
a downtown grocery store, something that a lot of people have been asking for for a long time, about 20,000 square feet. I know more now than I ever wanted to know about how big grocery stores are across North America. Uh, a Walmart's about 180 to 110,000 square feet. The Safeway you might find in your neighborhood, probably around 50, 60,000 square feet. So you can sort of figure it out that it's not the, the biggest grocery store in Winnipeg, but it's a fair-sized one, Brett. Oh, by the way, Sarah, is Sarah still? Oh, okay, she she took off. I was going to say, get back to work, Sarah, but thank you. Um, yeah, it's exciting stuff on Portage Place, so we're going to have Richard Cluche join us at 7.05 for more details on that. And, of course, you can weigh in and let us know what you think at 204-780-6868. Also, today, one of the things we just wanted to sort of, I don't know, celebrate. I, I hope we're celebrating it because I know for some it, they don't like it, but... It's a hot weekend, Loren. Are we celebrating the heat? Yeah. Oh, um, I, th- I don't know. I don't know why I thought that was a segue to Mother's Day. Oh, and so I was like, because we were talking about celebrating or not celebrating Mother's Day yesterday and the whole Parents' Day controversy. So I, I genuinely uh, blanked on your. Yes, it's going to be gorgeous, and uh, we were all wearing our sandals and shorts today, and it's, it's, it's. I'm almost nervous. Is not the right word, but. It's so nice out. I said to my kids yesterday, oh, it's so great it's summer. And they said, well, it's not. I said, well, I know it's not summer, but it's so nice that it feels like summer. And then they responded with, yeah, but you know what happens. You always say May gets cold. And so I just told them to shut it. <laughs> but it's gorgeous out there. Well, yeah, the, the, the normals for this period, the low is five and the high is 19. And today we're looking for 24, tomorrow 22, Sunday 26. 28, Monday 29, Tuesday, 27, Wednesday, and then just in time for May long weekend, if this That's long-term <laughs> forecast holds, 19 for that, Thursday on the uh, precipice of the May long weekend. That was, the, I think, their point. You know, we make plans to maybe go up and get up to the cabin and open things up for my parents. And it's usually always, you know, like you, next thing you know, you have your socks and shoes and like a hoodie and a toque on. And your toque and mitts on, <laughs> yeah, getting so ready, yeah. everything ready to yeah. go. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, and it, it's, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. I do celebrate the heat. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also not looking forward to it because it's that we've come to that time of year. I hate it. It happens twice a year. It's the shoulder season for between heating and air conditioning in my apartment building because right. they, it's got to be one or the other. And they haven't even given us notice yet that they're of killing. When they're going to do the switch over. Yeah. Mm. So I think they're probably they're probably holding off to see if we get that May sort of late May cool down. But this is the fourth May in a row where we've had heat approaching 30 degrees, uh, which means it's basically 30 degrees in my apartment when that happens. And uh, Excuse my gross. ignorance there. What's the technology that I'm not understanding that you have you have to shut down the heat and then give you the air conditioning option? Because in your home, you could do both on either given day. I don't know. I yeah, don't own I don't any apartment buildings that are Listen, 30 Greg, stories tall. you're like tall. a real estate guru. You do own property, so <laughs> yeah, I was like, tell me. Not 30-story apartment buildings, though. I'm guessing that that running the two systems congruently is is not just a thing. off the table. Yeah, because it's. I think it just comes through the same, same it all comes through the system. Same, same vents. Yeah. So they... they if the they, I remember when they they um, when they do the switch, I, I called them the office to say when can I turn on my air conditioner, and they said, well, you probably got to wait at least a day because you could turn it on, but it's just going to blow hot air. Yes. So that was just one pipe. Yeah. This is my intelligence here. Just one massive pipe. Hey, I don't either, get it either. We either sort of figured this cold, out on the fly. Can't be both. Well, I went down in the basement yesterday. I opened the electrical panel and I searched for the two breakers that represent AC, and I just went. Went to my thermostat, set it to heat and cool, set the temperature in the house, 10, 9, clicked on, and within an hour, it was like, all right, summer's here, baby. (laughs) It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In a moment, we're going to Brandon to talk about books and what is happening in schools or what somebody wants to see happen in schools. But before that, it's Grace Hospital Day, and Greg, today it is our Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon. You can check out the details, gracehospitalfoundation.ca. You can call beginning at 8.30 this morning to donate to help Grace Hospital meet their goal of raising $250,000 today. Much of the money raised today, if not all of it, and we'll clarify that this morning 
will go to that expanded ICU. The Grace Hospital Foundation is committed to raising $5 million for that project. Toll free, 866-537-0028-940-1780. As I said, after 8.30 this morning, we have a phone bank staffed by volunteers and hospital staff that will be operational later on this morning. Right now, if you'd like to donate $10 on your phone bill, the easiest way that you can donate, text the word GRACE to 30333, and you can also drop by later on. Donation drive through under the canopy at the main entrance of the hospital begins at 9 o'clock, goes through till 6. Stop and make a cash check or credit card gift, and guess what? Free ice cream. For all donors from 12 p.m. till 6 p.m. Thank you, Sergeant Sunday. And we will be broadcasting live on location from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Starting at 9 with Mr. Greg. So again, gracehospitalfoundation.ca. Also coming up at 7.05, Loren, we just heard some details in Sarah McCarthy's newscast. Exciting stuff at Portage Place. How does a rooftop patio sound or garden rooftops or restaurants, uh, more restaurants downtown, grocery stores, places for people to live, a huge healthcare center. There's a lot of details that we have to share on changes that could be coming to Portage Place. The big question you might be having is, okay, well, when will we'll see them? We'll get more details from Richard Cloutier just after the news at 7. And by the way, many thanks to Food Fair as the title sponsor of the Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon and the phones that Greg referenced starting at 8.30, the phone bank sponsor, Peter Built Manitoba and Doug and Verna Danilchuk. Now, a Manitoba woman's call to ban certain LGBTQ2 and sex education books from libraries in Brandon School Division is being met with both approval and widespread outrage. Global News reporter Rosanna Hempel has more. Being jazz and it's perfectly normal. Two books that explore LGBTQ plus and sex ed topics that are available in libraries across Manitoba. The kind of nonfiction that a woman and her supporters want removed from libraries in the Brandon School Division. We must protect our children from sexual grooming and pedophilia. At a meeting held by the school division's board of trustees on Monday, Lorraine Hackenschmidt requested they create a committee to examine and remove books she calls harmful for children. She voiced concerns about a book with sexually explicit language and images and content about a transgender teen. I just ask that you would remove any books that cause our kids to question whether they are in the wrong body. That stance is staunchly opposed by experts in education, libraries and LGBTQ plus supporters, including Winnipeg's Rainbow Resource Centre. Queer content does not make queer youth and there is plenty of research to support that, um, that queer youth are in the midst of a mental health crisis with alarmingly high suicide rates. Stigmatizing queer youth and politicizing their access to information will only exacerbate this issue. Candy Jones, who chairs Brandon University's Department of Curriculum and Pedagogy, says libraries and schools have an obligation to meet the needs of the entire community. Children need to see their realities and their identities reflected in the curricula and in the libraries that they visit. The president of the Manitoba Library Association, Melanie Sucha, says the push to censor library materials is also offensive to their professional values. Not only are we seeing an affront to intellectual freedom and the freedom to read, but we are seeing this uh, challenge to materials very much as a veil to propagate an anti-LGBTQIA position. Um, and we see it as discriminatory and bigoted. Hackenschmidt got a standing ovation from her supporters after her presentation. The board says it'll review her request. Their next meeting is May 23rd. Rosanna Hempel, Global News. So for the statements that that grandma made in that story, and there was all sorts of reaction to that, Brandon Pride said this, the crude and false impression presented that books containing queer and transgender content are promoting pedophilia or harmful ideology is sad, frustrating, and very alarming. Brandon Pride went on to say much of the language used during this presentation was the same hateful rhetoric we've been hearing in the USA in states that are passing laws to limit and ban gender-affirming care. That's from Brandon Pride. My thoughts when I think about school, if you want kids to be safe, and, and that grandma's talking about safety of our children, 
then that has to include creating safe spaces where they can learn and grow and explore who they are. And some kids cannot safely do that at home. So the school is their safe space. And then some kids have parents who think that they're providing that safe home, but don't even know how to talk about body parts, let alone all these other things. And so the school, again, becomes really important here. And there might be a question about age appropriateness of some of the books. And I'm thinking of, you know, there's one in there talking about where babies come from. Okay, maybe you have a line where you think your kid should learn that or not learn that. So maybe you could have guidelines in the school for, say, that book. But come on, people, like, where where would the line then be? Greg, you referenced encyclopedias this morning. You know, you can find information, not to for, forget the internet, let, let alone. <laughs> We're pulling computers out of schools right, now like, is what you're really talking about. So, And I think people can't kid themselves. Like, when when you have questions, you find people to give you those answers. And I was think, telling you this morning when my mom brought out the book and gave the sex talk to my older sister, it was a book hidden in the back of the closet upstairs. Guess what my sister did? Like not long after, I, I bet you it was an hour after mom told her, Lauren, come here. We're in the back of the closet combing through that book. And then I brought my brother in not long after and he showed my little brother and you share information because that's how you learn and grow. And more, more importantly, reading is about exploring and about curiosity and to stimulate that. Anyway, I've taken 90 seconds to say what Brandon University said best. They put out a statement yesterday saying, on this call to remove books with gender, sexuality, and queer content from local schools, they answered, don't. And so for me, it comes to the logistics. I I agree with everything you said there, Loren, but on top of this, the logistics. Like, I think we can agree that not all books are suitable for all places. And I'm more talking about the logistics of that. Bookstores, libraries, they all have finite numbers of uh, of space, amount of space for, for hard copy books. Since the invention of the printing press, do you know how many books have been printed since 1440? 130 million. So clearly not every library, not every bookstore has every book ever made. And I exaggerate to make a point. Somebody along the line is making the decision of which books to put in which facility. Who do we trust to do that? Are we going to have a referendum on every single title? Probably not. Our question of the day at CJOB.com. Should school boards have the ability to ban books? Last check, it was 57% say no, 43% say yes. You can cast your vote at cjob.com. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have a second set of Wonder Show's Family Fun Spring Fair Passes, a family four-pack. This is happening at Assiniboia Downs up until June 4th. We gave away our first Family four-pack a little bit earlier in the show. Producer Jeff Forte in Master Control. Who won that family four-pack? Well, let me tell you right now. (laughs) That would be Bobby Graham. Bobby Graham, congratulations. And to win the second family four-pack, you need to join this conversation we're about to have because Mother's Day is on Sunday, and we want to celebrate moms by celebrating our favorite on-screen moms, whether it's a... character a specific character or maybe it's just a specific moment like there's a line that you really dig in a movie that makes you laugh or makes you cry or whatever 204-780-6868 cameron portress why don't we start with you sir well i gotta this one is for all those mums dealing with uh uh kids and all their craziness what's the matter what you crying for Daddy's gonna kill Ralphie! No, he's not. Yes, he is, too! No, he's not. I promise you, Daddy is not going to kill Ralphie. Why don't you come on out of there? No. Would you like some milk? You would? Here you go. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's from uh, Christmas Story. I, I don't think she even has a name in the movie. I think she's just called Mother. And uh, it's such a great scene, uh, uh, awesome stuff. From I, I love that movie. It's one of my, not only my favorite Christmas movie, but one of my favorite movies. And she's just so nice and dealing with a kid hiding under a sink, being totally irrational, thinking his dad's going to kill his mom. And she's just, you want some milk? All right, here you go. You can stay in there? All right. Okay, see you later. You know, it's just so nice. No, that's you're right. That's a fantastic scene. She was a terrific mom. And, and she never got to ever eat. Because she was constantly, she had to sit down yeah. to start eating. Oh, mom, can you, where's, can I get some potatoes? Mom, mm-hmm. can I get this? Mom, can I get that? She didn't need a name because she was mom. That's all she was. Perfect. You know, and I mean, not all she was, but like just like represented everybody. Yeah. Fantastic. Like a Excellent job title choice. almost, you know? Yeah. It is a job. 
Sarah McCarthy, what about you? Mine is Kitty Foreman from that 70s show. So here's a clip of her. Mom, what's for dinner? I'm starving. Manwiches. Again? Ah, we just had those. Is there anything else to eat? Well, you know what, honey? I don't give a good gosh darn what you eat. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't lie, we've all been there. We've all said that once or twice in our lives, probably. So uh, just Deborah Joe Rupp is hilarious in that role, I think. And uh, mm. there are plenty of other lines, but not appropriate for these airwaves. Oh, she so was great. yeah, I love that show. I don't think I'm gonna watch the reboot. I just want to keep the '70s show as that '70s. She actually show. had funny lines, like a she lot did. of TV moms were just yeah. kind of the annoying, pestering, nagging woman, no. and she was actually like yes. had good stuff to say. 100%. Yeah, she was. She was the sneaky star of that. Yeah, of that program. 100%. 100%. What about you, Mackling? Oh, well, if Sarah's going to the 70s, I'm going to the 1950s. Well, good luck, Arthur. Hey, thanks, Mrs. C. Mom, you see, uh, you're not adopting him. <laughs> oh, I know that. Oh, yeah. I just got carried away. Well. Oh, Arthur, we will be proud to be your godparents. <laughs> Mrs. C from Happy Days. Marion Ross is Marion Cunningham. She was so sweet. She was so insightful, underrated, I think, uh, on a lot of people's radar in terms of just what a great TV mom she was. And I love the fact that she clearly had a massive crush on Fonzie. She was no different than any of the other girls in that show or women in that show. She adored Fonzie and blushed in his presence quite often. <laughs> Excellent choice, excellent choice. Loren McNabb, what oh, about you? I didn't know what to, which to pick here because I had one that made me laugh. It came through my Instagram feed the other day. And then I have this. Is, I'm going to go with the one that's just soppier, sappier, because uh, I do think of this often as, as a mom now. But also the first time I saw this scene in the film One True Thing starring Meryl Streep, uh, me and my girlfriends in Ottawa, we left and all phoned our moms immediately just to say, like, we're sorry, we love you, thank you for everything. And now as a mom, so much of this rings true. So this scene is Meryl Streep. She has cancer. It's terminal. Her adult daughter comes home to take care of her. It's played by Renee Zelliger. And she's just kind of giving her this big speech about what she hopes for her in life. I'm sad that I won't be able to plan your wedding. So promise me that you won't have a ring bearer or a flower girl because those kids always just misbehave and then they distract from the bride. And don't invite too many people. Well, you know, I might not even get married, so... Whatever. <laughs> if I knew that you would be happy, I would close my eyes now. I would. It's so much easier to be happy, my love. It's so much easier to choose to love the things that you have. I just love that sentiment because I think a lot of parents out there would say that is just the one. If you had one goal as a parent or guardian or grandparent, it would be for that person to love to be happy. And so I think of that now as a mom, you know, when kids come home and that's that's your number one message to them. I want you to be be happy. Be grateful for what you have. Don't lament the things you don't. That's a, I love that message always. Yeah, that's terrific mm -hmm. advice. Just uh, it, it is easier to be happy to be angry all the time is work it yeah it takes a lot of work to be mad you know then there are times where you want to be mad but it's exhausting oh i remember one day i was ticked at something about work and i was like i'm gonna all day long i'm just i'm not i'm not putting up with this and i think i got up the elevator i was like this is tiring <laughs> and i just moved on yeah, I, was like, I was marching in with my like resolve to stick it to it no <laughs> Just let it go. Let it go. What about you, Forte? Uh, this mother has actually never been on screen, but let me play this. Alan, are you having a play date? <laughs> Don't have play dates. I have colleagues. Do their parents know they're here? <laughs> no, but if you keep screaming, maybe they'll hear you. <laughs> that your dad? She grows any more hair on her face, yes. <laughs> so many great lines from Mrs. Wallowitz up until uh, the actress passed away and uh, they had to uh, get her off. No reflection on my mother, by the way. Mom, I love you. <laughs> no reflection. Oh, and, and for those who are not familiar with Mrs. Wallowitz, what show is that? The Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. Our favorite show. Yeah, our favorite show. <laughs> She's good, though, right? Those scenes are are pretty good uh, for a show that I don't particularly like. 
I don't mind those scenes at all. So she's pretty funny. 204-780-6868. Do their parents know they're here? It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We're talking Portage Place in a moment. We're talking Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon in a moment. But we're also talking about moms as we head into Mother's Day. And we're asking you to tell us, who is your favorite on-screen mom? And Loren, what does Chris say? Well, Chris, I think I like where you're going with this. Chris said, Moira from Schitt's Creek, all-time best TV mom. There is a dark side to mommy's industry, and I've tried to protect you from it your whole life. You took me to the Playboy Mansion when I was seven. <laughs> and you had a wonderful time in the children's grotto. <laughs> I was that's that wasn't the Chris picked a different scene. He picked the scene where they were trying to cook together, uh, um, where and David and they were trying to fold the cheese in. But it was just it's more visual than it is. But oh yeah, that's she is wonderful because she still loves her kids in her own way. Fantastic selection. So keep those coming for a chance to win a family four pack for Wonder Show's family fun spring fair at Assiniboia Downs. We'll pick a winner at nine fifteen. And a reminder today is Grace Hospital Day. Greg Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon. That's right. We really get things underway at nine o'clock this morning, nine till six, right here on six eighty CJOB. You can drive by, swing by the main entrance of the hospital between nine and six to make a donation in person by cash, check, or credit card. And if you wait until noon. Sergeant Sunday ice cream, noon till 6 p.m. So you can do that in person. But if uh, you like to use technology, and I like this a lot, text the word GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, to 30333 to make a $10 gift on your phone bill now. It was a mega project intended to revitalize a deteriorating 1980s downtown Winnipeg. A shopping mall meant to compete with suburban regional shopping centers. It opened in 1987 with much fanfare and promise. Yeah, but the mall never really delivered what its proponents promised. And when Winnipeg's downtown Eaton store closed in 1999, it really was the beginning of the end for the mall, which had already began to struggle. Now the building, which sits on a massive swath of land on North Portage Avenue, represents a massive opportunity to be something else. And Loren, that's clearly the message this morning from the people looking to redevelop Portage place. Yeah, so the main players, of course, are True North Sports and Entertainment and the province, but then shared health is part of it. They're going to have an announcement later this morning, but we've been sharing some of the details, everything from a huge health hub to concussion clinics, treatment facilities, rooftop patios, rooftop gardens. I have to take a breath and a pause because the list is long is what they're bringing in. And CJOB's Richard Cluche got this early look, a sneak peek, Richard, and uh, I, I'm editorializing here, but to me, this blows other plans I've seen right out of the water. Yeah, it does. And I I think we're going to be using that expression portage place for only a few hours more because it will be renamed at some point. Um, And I'm hoping it is renamed to more or less reflect the new Winnipeg. And maybe it's an indigenous reflection. Um, But clearly when Starlight, the last folks that were involved in this, uh, kicked the tires, couldn't get proper funding from Canada Mortgage and Housing, there was a real sense over at True North that um, there needs to be a different plan, that this has to be built around the community. And in addition to running a hockey team, Mark Chipman has spent the last five years trying to get his head around and trying to push government and push other businesses to do something fundamental about downtown and address the addiction, the homelessness issues. He's been working very quietly behind the scenes, sometimes not so quietly. Um, so you, the Downtown Safety Partnership is a creation, really, of, of, of Chipman. And when this opportunity came up and their partners at uh, Richardson's, they said, we need to reinvent this in a way that's a reflection of the community. And the plans that you can see at cjob.com is a reflection of that community, the need to be able to connect with community. And instead of having security pushing you out of the mall, you've got people inviting you inside. And that's the component here that will take up um, from where that atrium is, That and I remember being there back in 1987, to the west. That's going to be community. It's going to be um, some common area like you see at, uh, at the Forks. There's going to be a grocery store. There's going to be a 15-story tower, a residential tower 
for housing, affordable housing, student housing. That's on the west side. Edmonton is open then uh, to pedestrians and some traffic to drop people off at Pan Am Clinic North. Again, 20 years ago, we were talking about a second location for Pan Am and the need for this because they're bursting at the seams over on Poseidon Bay. So you've got a group of doctors at Pan Am um, in an election year that have really convinced the government that this is the way to go. This feels like a physical manifestation of the idea of meeting people where they are, putting the facilities, putting the resources where the people who need the most live and and spend a lot of their time. Not to be announced today, but there's another addictions component that will be announced in the weeks ahead for the downtown area that will also hopefully move the needle in addressing the neighborhood problems. But there was a problem created in this city um, when the Merzicordia Urgent Care Center closed. And so you saw even more people going to Health Sciences Center. And we know the problems there and the waiting rooms there. So it's hoped that this is going to be able to deal with this on a primary care clinic basis so you can match people up to the neighborhood issues. But this is also going to draw people downtown because Pan Am, there's going to be surgery there. There's going to be diagnostics. It's all on the day side and a 15-story medicine tower, if you will. It's not a hospital, but it's new medicine. And that's what we're going to hear more of this morning. We're talking about the idea that this is happening sooner than later as well, which I think is fascinating because a lot of people get these projects and put out there and you think, oh, that looks good, but this is going to take years. That's not what we're talking about Shovels here. in the ground later this year. Scott Sturton, the, um, the, the architect involved in this, former Vincent Massey grad, by the way, uh, he was the design uh, person behind True North, uh, has been looking at this. And in some cases, you're going to see deconstruction of the building, but in other cases, it's going to it's going to be fit. My only concern here is very much like Selkirk Avenue, that you still need thriving businesses because if you make it all about community and all about um, services, sometimes that doesn't attract the people you want to attract to your business from the suburbs. That's why the medical component is there, is that it's going to get people downtown because they have to go for health care there. But there is this fear um, by some that there's not enough retail in this. I think that'll take care of itself. But we all have to get our heads around the days of the big suburban or downtown mall. Those days are over. It is McGarry and McNabb, and Mackling shall rejoin us at 9.05. He's on his way to the Grace Hospital because it is Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon today on 680 CJOB in conjunction with Grace Hospital Day. And for Grace Hospital Day, a reminder that tonight, fireworks at 9.45, and then at 10.05, there is the drive-in movie, Pirates of the Caribbean. So many thanks to our title sponsor, Food Fair, and then as well for the drive-in, Birchwood Automotive Group. And Lorena, how can one donate for this Radiothon? So many ways. So first of all, you can go to gracehospitalfoundation.ca. That's the website. You can call 204-940-1780. There's the toll-free number, that's 1-866-537-0028. And when you call either of those numbers, there's a phone bank staffed by volunteers and hospital employees that that will go from 8.30 until 6. Easiest way, you can just text the word GRACE to 30333. So GRACE to 3033, and that will give you a $10 gift on your phone bill. And then there's the donation drive through So there's free ice cream from 12 to 6, and from 9 to 6, you can stop and make a cash check or credit card gift. And many thanks to the Kinsman Club of Winnipeg for sponsoring the ice cream, and to Sergeant Sunday for supplying it, and thanks as well to Standard Limestone Quarries for sponsoring the fireworks. And now we will continue the discussion about Portage Place and the proposed redevelopment. And uh, I know that we've had, of course, whenever there's something like this, a big project like this, there will be uh, naysayers, there will be uh, people who are kind of skeptical, and there are also people who are excited. I myself, I would I would put myself in the cautiously excited, I guess, category, Loren. Yeah, some of that caution might be about when will this start? Well, Richard says he's been told shovels could be in the ground in a matter of months. The cost and, and what taxpayers might be on the hook for. So this is a half a billion dollar redevelopment. What will taxpayers play, be 
be on the hook for. But you have to remember some of that money is going to go towards services you're going to use. So it's not just going into a private mall. It's going towards uh, walking clinics, uh, Pan Am Clinic. It's going to be Pan Am Clinic North, the concussion clinics, treatment facilities. There's going to be a 16-story residential tower, restaurants, grocery store, and more. And so for more on the reaction to this big announcement, we're joined by Kate Fenske, Executive Director of Downtown Biz. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. So when I looked at the plans, I said it's hard not to be excited. Uh, Where do you put your emotions on this? Absolutely excited. Um, And when we look at how this project is coming together, it it clearly is a key property in our downtown. And it is one piece to the puzzle in creating a vibrant and welcoming neighbourhood. And I think how this project right now is different from what's happened in the past. There's community consultation underway. And you can see, like just going through the drawings this morning, um, there has been a real concerted effort to focus on community amenities for the thousands of people who already live downtown. And I think that is so important. We have 18,000 people living downtown. So this isn't really trying to create, you know, back in the 80s, like the destination mall. It's what are the people, what is the community here in downtown Winnipeg need? And so when we're looking at access to services and community spaces, um, supporting organizations like the Downtown Y and PTE, it is really exciting. Greg Mackling has arrived at Grace Hospital and he's listening in. Greg, you want to hop in? I'd love to hop in. Good morning, Kate. I am very excited about this proposal because I can't help but think about the Starlight proposal from 24 or 36 months ago now, where it was sort of the the community center, the community-focused element almost seemed to be an afterthought, whereas this project feels as though that's the focal point. You're right, and I think, you know, I'm I'm excited for the announcement today to see more of the details, Um, but when we look at, you know, how we approach things, I think, um, you know, Brett, you said it earlier, sometimes sort of cautiously optimistic maybe, Um, I'm really optimistic, and I think as a city, if we want to see things get better, um, we have to support projects like this, we have to be open, and if we look at some of the transformations that have happened in our downtown already and that are underway, we look at the forks. I mean, that could have been considered a pipe dream uh, decades ago and look at it now as a destination. If we look at what's happening with the Southern Chiefs organization at the redevelopment of the Bay, I remember when the Bay left and people were con- concerned that it was going to be shut down for 20 years. And here we have local investment working with the community um, to really create a space and provide services and amenities uh, that are going to, the community is going to need, but also Winnipeg is going to need. And if we look at the opportunity of creating a strong, vibrant downtown, that means Winnipeg can be more financially stable and will have more revenue to do other things throughout the city. Okay, you mentioned the Bay. What, what's the latest on the Bay? Um, It's still, as you know, uh, the land uh, and the property was transferred to SDO and they're taking, uh, they're doing their their, their due diligence to get that project going and still slated to be open in 2026. So it is exciting what you think in just a couple of years our downtown can look like. And cities across North America, I just got back from Minneapolis actually from International Downtown Association meetings talking with colleagues across North America. Cities everywhere are trying to figure out how do we manage this shift in our downtown. Our downtown is different since the last couple of years. So how do we move from that central business district to the social gathering hub? How do we create destinations in terms of recreation opportunities for people who want to come for arts, culture, museums, galleries, but also what are the recreation opportunities for people living downtown? Our downtown population grew by 2,000 in just five years. You know, can we get to 25,000 in five years more? And so when you look at the units being added, we've got 300 main people will be moving in there this summer. Um, We definitely have a need for more affordable housing and rent geared to income housing. So I think there's a lot of opportunities with this project. But when you put all of the different projects and investment happening in downtown Winnipeg right now, it's really exciting to see what the big picture is going to be in just a couple of years. We were talking about where else, you know, what's next? And I know we've barely begun on this one, but you have to have that vision where you look ahead to other changes, right? And we talk about the Bay. We talked about changes to Portage Place. Uh, there was a blueprint released by the city of Winnipeg that talks about goals for the next 20 to 30 years. Center plan 2050, like, you know, hundreds of more residential units, safe crossings, better pedestrian lightings. Uh, this is an important document to look really farther further ahead, Kate. And I'm wondering where that leaves us on even the idea of a pedestrian mall, like having people having their own space to move more freely and safely in the downtown. 
I think the approach that we want to be taking is not just a specific, you know, street that becomes for pedestrians, but how do we support all people in our downtown? How do we build our downtown for people first? And if we take that approach in terms of how we design things and where we invest, uh, it is going to, it's hard to not be successful when you take that approach. So with Center Plan, it is really exciting. It will provide that over, overarching vision uh, as well as design guidelines. Um, and so when projects do come up, it'll be really, okay, we're like, that's the right project to invest in. One of the big opportunities we have in front of us right now is Graham with the Transit Master Plan as buses will be moving off Graham in the coming years and, and, and more frequent and functional transit transit to get, get people in and out of downtown and just moving around. We've got an opportunity on Graham there of what can that space be. Uh, and if we focus on people first, what people are looking for, um, I think it's a really exciting time for downtown Winnipeg. We know it's been challenging. We know it's hard. We know the perception that's out there. We've got a lot to, to overcome for sure. But I think when you look at the number of community organizations who are working together, if we support people first and we build our downtown for people first, we can't lose. Kate, you, were, you just said you were in Minneapolis. Well, what is something that you like in Minneapolis's downtown that, that we don't have in Winnipeg that you, you'd love to see here? Well, it's challenging, right, because you're right. Cities are so different. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. And I think when we look at cities like Minneapolis, Toronto, Montreal, we're not going to be a Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. But I think Minneapolis is quite a good comparison. We have similar weather patterns. Um, we've got, you know, investment, local investments. Uh, there's a large downtown as well there. And what is always impressive to me is when you look at how people move around that downtown, the cycling infrastructure. Um, so no matter whether, you know, they've got light rail, not saying we need light rail here in Winnipeg, but it is really focused on how do people move around downtown. But they're doing some really exciting things around programming. Um, they're going to be running block parties uh, every weekend in their downtown. Um, they've created new community spaces that are drop-ins for people who need a public washroom. I think I saw four public washrooms in downtown Minneapolis just in our tour walking around. Um, big public spaces for people to gather and for arts and culture organizations to program. So I think, you know, we can always look at other cities and take pieces from them uh, of what is working well, but we do have to build it for Winnipeggers. Um, so it's little bits and pieces, but I am excited to look at how can we support people here, but also create exciting and unique experiences in our downtown. Kate Fenske, Executive Director of Downtown Biz. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you all. Really exciting day. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. On Monday, we had two grand prize announcements, and today we complete the week with our third grand prize. We are about to find out who is the winner of Mominations. For the last couple of weeks, we've been inviting you to go to cjob.com to tell us why your mom is amazing. All this for a chance to win her a fantastic prize package, courtesy of our friends at Lux furniture company the package comes with the following five thousand dollars in outdoor furnishings including an emoji swing an emoji padded lounger and airport serving cart and get this a fifteen hundred dollar shopping spree in store at lux furniture company loren here is what our mominator had to say where do i begin my mom is the most caring passionate and selfless person i know she raised me on her own, and although I am almost 30 now, I know I can always count on her. This winter, I parked in a puddle overnight, and my car tires froze into the ice. She came over immediately with ice melt and drove me to all my errands that I needed to get done. She helps me build my furniture, brings me meals to put in my freezer for when I can't bother to cook something. She feeds any and every community cat near her home in Point Douglas for the last 25 years. She will get up and cheer as loud as she can for you or your loved ones at any event or join you on the dance floor for your favorite song. She brings joy to everyone she meets and someone never complains about hardship. She can talk to anyone and make them feel like you've known her your whole life. She taught me to love with my whole heart and value my relationships with others. She taught me to strive for a better world for all and shows this in her daily actions. I hope to be half of the person that she is. That momination comes from Michaela White, and that was for <laughs> Melanie, who is the mom, and Melanie is on the line. Hello there, Melanie. 
Hi. <laughs> I guess we caught you off guard with that, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? That was that was beautiful. <laughs> And as ni- as nice as that was, it may-, it may be even nicer that you win the $5,000 from Lux Furniture Company and Outdoor Furnishings and $1,500 shopping spree. I can't even believe it. <laughs> Melanie, I know you don't, you know, moms don't go it, into it, uh, dads don't go into it for any sort of reward or feedback like that. But, you know, after all your hard work, it so, must be nice to hear what your daughter thinks of you because that's the goal, right? You show them something and they grow up for, to be grateful. She is absolutely the greatest gift of my life. That is for sure. <laughs> my, yeah, Melanie, my father-in-law always says to me that uh, I, he wants me to weep at his funeral, and I've got tears <laughs> streaming down my face right now, listening to how Michaela feels about you. And what really came home for me is just this idea that you know our kids are our kids forever, right? We're always mm-hmm. we're always mom, we're always dad, right? And and in, in your case, you've been both. I have been both. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad it came before my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is a way better way to do it. <laughs> I'd agree. Well, Melanie, congratulations, oh and thank God. you very much for joining us this morning, just ahead of Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much. Once again. <laughs> as well. <laughs> Melanie picks up from Lux Furniture Company. in outdoor furnishings and a $1,500 shopping spree. So many thanks to our friends at Lux for this wonderful prize package for what has been a great contest. Mominations at CJOB.com. The Grace Hospital Foundation Radiothon officially launches in T-minus 3 minutes and 57 seconds on the start. Brought to you by Bailey's Restaurant and Bar, Treat Mom Right, in an atmosphere rich in history with a delicious sit-down Mother's Day brunch at Bailey's. Reserve your table at baileysprimedining.com. That cloud you see there, it's going to stick around for the next couple of days. The wind from the northeast gusting up to 50 clicks today, high of 24. It'll stick around with that wind and then a 30% chance of showers overnight, low of 11 tonight. Tomorrow, mostly cloud, wind out of the northeast again, gusting to 40 clicks and a high of 22 right now. Wait a minute. Sunday, sunny in a high of 26. Right now, it's 18 at 680 CJOB. Nailed it! On this Grace Hospital (laughs) Foundation Radiothon Day, and you can go to gracehospitalfoundation.ca to make a donation. We want to give you a family four-pack for Wonder Show's Family Fun Spring Fair at Assiniboia Downs running May 5th to June 4th. We're asking you about your favorite on-screen moms, and we got so many great ones here, too many to to rattle off all at once. A couple of runners up here, Loren, like Shane, who we had a bunch of people weighing in on this one. Gemma from Sons of Anarchy, she was a mom to the whole club and she was i tried to find a clip to play here but um inappropriate well she's just you know she tells it like it is greg did you ever watch that show i did not which is why i didn't realize that katie seagal was even in it let alone that that her character was so critical and uh powerful shall we say she's fabulous caustic sarcastic kicks someone's butt like every other episode yeah she was, the she, town she lives in is charming, and she is not charming. <laughs> uh, Kent says, Queen Daenerys Targaryen, the mother of dragons. She's caring, she's loving, and um, <laughs> she's a bit crazy. Yeah, in the end, she went off her rocker a little bit. So, Kent, to you, I say, Dracarys, Al. I like this choice. Al's going a different route, Greg. 
Uh, Alice says, I'm being a little dated here, but Michael Keaton is Mr. Mom still cracks me up after decades. <laughs> Here's the, I got, and of course, you can't talk oh, about Mr. Mom. The clip. The, good, good, the good. clip. Down a beer? Yep. Seven o'clock in the morning. Scotch? Scotch? <laughs> still use that in our house with uh, my brothers and I. I love that that film. And, and Michael Keaton, is there a film that um, that isn't better with him in it? I don't oh. think so. No, I mean, I'm on Michael Keaton news, by the way, they are finally moving forward with Beetlejuice 2. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Jenna Ortega is going to uh, yes, be in it. So. that makes perfect sense. She's wonderful, too. So, Jeff is our winner. And if you we, we already went through this uh, with Jeff earlier in the show, but in case you missed it, Loren, Jeff rattled off a whole bunch of solid choices here. Yeah, Screen Moms, great topic. Can't pick just one, though. Top three, Helen Seinfeld with the, how could anyone not like you? To her son Jerry, Katie Seagal, either as Peg Bundy or Gemma Teller Morrow, and of course, Stifler's mom. Ah, <laughs> uh, Stifler's mom. I think that was going to be Greg's pick this morning. I don't know if you were joking when you first referenced that at five a.m. Greg, off air. I was, I was sort of joking, but um, also half serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, and she's really gone on to have a, a fantastic career uh, because for for so many years that was it. That was what she was known so for. So bang on to talk about being cast type or stereotyped, right, Brett? To to break free of that, I think has uh, been tremendously impressive. But uh, Jeff, you are the winner. Excellent choices, and then as it comes to Seinfeld, like Helen Seinfeld's terrific, and that clip that we played earlier is fantastic. But is there a show with two? Funnier moms than than Helen Seinfeld and uh, Costanza's. George! No, there is not. I'm gonna find a clip from Mama Costanza to play. And I've I've already got the clip locked and loaded for Father's Day of uh, Frank Costanza. Oh, yeah. You couldn't you couldn't find two more hilarious parents really. <laughs> got the scene, scene stealers, right? Oh, for sure. So congratulations, Jeff. Enjoy the Wonder Shows Family Fun Spring Fair at Assiniboia Downs. That, by the way, is on until June. Mackling McGarry and McNabb. Greg is on location at the Grace Hospital. We'll turn to him in a moment. But before that, many ways you can donate. For example, gracehospitalfoundation.ca and lots of options. Loren, on the phone. So first of all, locally, you can dial 204-940-1780. Toll free, it's one 866 537-0028. No matter which number you choose from now until 6 p.m., it's going to be staffed by volunteers and hospital staff to answer those calls. And of course, you can text the word GRACE to 30333. That's GRACE to 30333 and make a $10 gift on your phone bill. Of course, there's the donation drive through They're there in person. Now you can swing by. Greg's hovering around there. You can stop, make a cash check or credit card donation, and then get some free ice cream from 12 to 6 p.m. for all donors. And many thanks to the Kinsman Club of Winnipeg for sponsoring Sergeant Sunday ice cream for staff and donors during the Radiothon. And big thanks to our title sponsor, Food Fair. In the meantime, Greg Mackling on site. We're broadcasting live right through until 6 p.m. And Brett, there's no mistaking that today is Grace Hospital Day. We are also, of course, celebrating Nurses Week. And there is signage everywhere, which uh, even if you wanted to try and ignore the fact that it's Grace Hospital Day, uh, you would not be able to do so. So the, the hospital, the foundation, everybody's very excited here. They've got a table set up for staff to come down and get free beverages. It's really a celebration of what's going on in this hospital and in the extended community. And joining us now is Rochelle Ferguson, Chief Operating Officer of Grace Hospital. And good morning, Rochelle. Thank you for joining us on this Grace Hospital Day. Oh, good morning, Greg. I wouldn't miss it. What a wonderful day. It is a wonderful day, and you can just feel the energy here in the building with regard to the staff. You, you can tell that uh, there's a certain amount of appreciation being felt today. Yes, there's no question. It's so nice to be able to celebrate our staff. Um, you know, like Kevin Klein mentioned earlier, we do have the most compassionate and caring staff. Uh, they work so tirelessly every day. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a challenging three years. Um, but but it's good now, and things are feeling better. 
Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of nice we get to say thank you today to them, our hardworking, dedicated staff. Uh, we're there with ice cream and with coffee. And then later tonight, most of them will probably come back with their families and watch a movie, uh, experience the, the fireworks. So it's so nice to be able to say thank you to the wonderful people who work here. They deserve it. And what a wonderful thing to do is celebrate the hospital. One of our most loyal listeners, uh, Kat, is coming in today, driving in from out of town to make a donation. And we had said to her, oh, that's really kind of you. And she wrote back, no, not at all kind. Payment of a long overdue debt of gratitude. If I had 10 times the income, it would be 10 times the donation. I received a miracle. It might seem prosaic to some, but I spent many years in pain and several unable to walk properly or without a cane. Overnight, I regained my mobility and along with it, 10 years of my life. Miracle is the correct word, and you can't put a price on a miracle. Those are the kind of stories and the feedback you just love to hear, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I'm a little choked up right now, I have to tell you. Yeah. I'm so proud of our staff and and the work that they do. Um, And these these patients who come to us for help, uh, you could just tell that the dedication of their craft and their profession, it doesn't matter what program they work in, what what unit they work in, um, the people we serve is why we're all here. And so it's really, really touching. Um, super happy that we were able to, to help her. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I just no, up every time I, hear I felt that. the same when That's I why we do this. Yes. And I think what the idea here, too, is that, you know, you're going into a hospital for it's never a good situation. But besides that beautiful moment of having a baby, which can sometimes also be challenging and, and stressful and all the rest. You know, there's very few circumstances where you want to be in a hospital. So to have people leave a hospital and have that kind of sentiment really says something. And when you talk about the need to boost that morale, perhaps, you know, we talked about the pandemic being a hard time, but they're working hard now too, even maybe even harder. And that boost must be so significant. Absolutely. You know, um, just being able to say how much we appreciate our people, the people who work here every day. Um, it's so nice. And every opportunity we have to be able to do that is great. And I have to tell you, we felt the love over the last three years, the generous, the generous support of our community the generous support of our foundation. And that's what the foundation does. It bridges the staff with the community. Um, couldn't be prouder of that partnership, our foundation staff, their, uh, the board, um, the support that we receive from everyone around us is really how it allows us to move forward. And I'm pretty sure that's why our staff come, come in every single day. Um, they are dedicated to what they do. Um, and I couldn't be prouder. Are you ever surprised by the generosity that that comes towards your foundation, like we've seen it in person as the hosts of the Grace Hospital Foundation Gala uh, for the last uh, three galas. And uh, we were always blown away at the uh, the amount of support that the foundation garners so and continues to get every year. So did, do you ever find yourself going like, wow, thank you? Always. I'm always in awe. Like, I, it just, it does blow me away too. It's, um, you know... Uh, I don't know what to say. It does lend me speechless because the generosity is so substantial that you can't even, you can't even fathom how generous this community is. Uh, Sunny St. James, this hospital means so much to this community. Um, and although we're the third acute care site, uh, we are ready for Like we, we have been ready for that role. This new ICU is just going to elevate that and put us to the next level. Um, but we will always be a community hospital to this community. And so uh, I don't think we'll ever lose that. Um, And so, yeah, I am always in awe of the generous support of our community for sure. Rochelle Ferguson, Chief Operating Officer, Grace Hospital, is our guest in this segment. And I've just been handed in the last several minutes here, Rochelle, a document that I'm seeing for the first time. It contains a slogan with regard to the fundraising initiative attached to building this new intensive care unit at the Grace or expanded intensive care unit. Intensive care, critical need. Talk about that need and talk about going from 10 to 30 beds and and what that means for not just St. James, but, but maybe all of Manitoba. Yeah, for sure. So we've been we've been working on this ICU probably since 2019. Obviously, the scope is different and has changed over the years, over the, just the last few years. Um, but this is going to be substantial. I have to say, our ICU doesn't owe us anything. It's been around for 50 years, uh, and it has saved many, many lives. And we've had wonderful staff working through that that ICU over the years. Um, but what a great place to be able to give a structure, a healing space for our patients and the families. 
a bigger space for our staff to do their best work, top of the line equipment. Um, we're just really looking forward to this project. Uh, our staff are so excited about it. We're excited about it, so we can't wait to work with them, uh, work with the province. Uh, this really is going to be something that's going to allow the grace to just take care of. We take care of the sickest of the sick. It will really allow us to do more of that. And so we're really proud of this project and really looking forward to, to working on that as we move forward in the next few years. Michelle Ferguson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate very much the time and uh, the insight that you've offered today. Thank you, Greg. You guys have a good day. Rochelle Ferguson, Chief Operating Officer for Grace Hospital. So once again, gracehospitalfoundation.ca to make a donation. You can call 204-940-1780 or toll-free 1-866-537-0028. You can text the word GRACE to the number 30333 for a $10 gift on your phone bill, or you can make a donation in person under the canopy at the main entrance of the hospital. That's open until 6, and we are broadcasting live all the way through until 6 p.m., but you're not there until 6 p.m., right, Greg? I am not. Uh, I'm tempted to stay until at least noon or until the ice cream shows up at the very least, but we'll see how my stamina is and how committed I am to getting that ice cream. And, you know, listening to Rochelle and you talk about the, the community-mindedness and orientation of this hospital for so long, it's really a campus here because there's an access clinic on this property, but also one of the more special places in our city, and it's the Grace Hospice. And, Loren, you touched on the fact that typically when you come to hospital, it's because something has gone sideways either in our own life or, or someone that we, that we care or love, care about or love. And Grace Hospice, I cannot tell you the number of people that I know in this community who have said goodbye to loved ones, have spent the last hours, have spent the last days of a loved one's life in that center and are so grateful for its existence.